sets are already happening, your bracket is already busted, but don't worry, so is everyone else's. It's Friday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm senior writer Owen McNeely Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. March Madness is one of the only moments in U.S. sports that expands beyond the sports world and inspires people who know nothing about college sports to tune in. And that's a huge opportunity for companies like ESPN, CBS, and the NCAA itself to bring people into its ecosystem. Those companies invest huge resources into hosting free brackets because they get incredible amounts of customer data, and you can bet you'll be getting notifications from whichever service you used about fantasy baseball, fantasy football, and in many states, sports betting. They generally sweeten the pot with prizes for the highest scoring brackets, which tend to be either small enough for a company of that size that they can be considered a trivial marketing expense, or unlikely enough that it's probably just not going to come up. The most extreme example of this is how Warren Buffett used to have an annual contest where you, yes you, could win $1 billion for a perfect bracket. And you might think, well, surely someone out there will just luck into the perfect bracket, and you'd be wrong. There are 9.2 quintillion permutations of the March Madness bracket. I'm personally excited that I get to use the word quintillion in a sentence, but it also means that Warren Buffett never had much to worry about. Of course, those 9.2 quintillion brackets include ones where every top seed loses in the first round, but even if you can confidently eliminate 90% of all possible brackets, you still have about one quintillion to choose from. For instance, how many of you had the number 13 seeded Furman Paladins taking out the number four Virginia Cavaliers? And of course, crazy upsets like that are what make this tournament so fun. An estimated 68 million American adults attempted to predict this tournament, and probably every single one will get something wrong and most of us already have. Furman, by the way, is in Greenville, South Carolina, and is one of the smallest Division I schools in the country, with 2,662 undergraduates. They made the tournament for the first time in 40 years, and they are our first Cinderella team of this tournament, but there may be more. That's not fair! Oral Roberts made it to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed two years ago, and rattled off a 17-game winning streak this year. They played Duke last night, after this recording, but here's hoping they made it to the big dance and take down the Blue Devils. And Kennesaw State is already one of the tournament's best stories. They went 1-28 in 2019, which was coach Amir Abdurrahim's first year. They stuck with Abdurrahim, who grew up 15 minutes from the Kennesaw campus, and this year, they are in the NCAA tournament for the first time in their history after going 23-8 and winning the A-Sun Championship. He does! Tapped around! That's it! It's over! Kennesaw State wins the A-Sun Championship, and they're going to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history! They are a 14 seed and will be playing Xavier, a 3 seed, today. Whatever happens, this time of year offers a good life lesson. Don't worry too much about being right, just sit back and enjoy the madness. Let's see what else is going on out there. The prize pool for the upcoming Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand will be $150 million. That is 10 times what it was in 2015, triple what it was in 2019, but just over a third of the $440 million dished out for the Men's World Cup last year. That was announced on Wednesday at the FIFA Congress, where President Gianni Infantino was re-elected for a term running until 2027 after running unopposed because, you know, nothing controversial about that guy. 
Speaking of FIFA, Los Angeles may run into issues as one of the 2026 World Cup hosts. SoFi Stadium is slated to host the World Cup final, but the field area may not be big enough. MetLife Stadium in New Jersey may be the backup if SoFi won't work. Either way, SoFi will host games earlier in the tournament. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman says there are no current plans to expand the league beyond its current 32 teams, but not everyone believes him. Longtime ESPN anchor John Boutigras tweeted out that the NHL is coming back to Atlanta. Up next, I spoke with streaming technology executive John Cohen on the state of local broadcasts with Diamond Sports Group declaring bankruptcy, AT&T Sportsnet saying they want out of the regional sports network business, and MLB opening day just two weeks away. We'll have that conversation right after this. Two thousand, two thousand eight, twenty twenty two. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. One thing is certain: it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over thirty one thousand businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on Netsuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. Netsuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, Netsuite. Netsuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improve their visibility and control when they upgraded to Netsuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash frontoffice right now. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. I am joined now by John Cohen. He's the Senior Vice President of Distribution and Business Development at Frequency, which is a streaming technology company. Welcome, John. Thank you, Owen. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. Great to have you on because uh, I'm, you know, still trying to make sense of everything going on in, in with regional sports networks and sports media right now. So uh, we're, we're recording on Thursday afternoon. Where are we at right now in terms of Diamond Sports Group and regional sports networks and what they plan to do? Diamond has, as expected, um, declared bankruptcy, a controlled bankruptcy. You know, they have obviously negotiated and spoken to their uh, creditors and other folks involved in their media rights and everything that's tied up in Diamond, the folks that hold the debt, um, with a plan to stay um, active in business, continue operating the business. They have cash on hand. I believe they have over $400 million of cash on hand. They have plenty of debt. So they're working at a way to um, restructure their debt, continue operations and come out of this um, in a healthy, positive way. And I think the biggest takeaway is that Diamond Sports will no longer be a wholly owned subsidiary of Sinclair Broadcasting Group. They will be its own entity. And I think that was a major part of the um, issues when you were looking at the media landscape and what was going on with Sinclair. Sinclair really needed to get it off their books and have a separate company so that it wouldn't continue to drag down what was going on. It was a major liability in my, in my place. So they're trying to, to control this. They want to stay, they want diamond to stay um, active and broadcasting those rights. I think there's going to be some, 
some spots where maybe some rights are not interesting to them or they don't want to continue and they'll need to be renegotiated, restructured. But as a whole, they want to stay in the in this business. Yeah, I, that was, you know, a takeaway for me was that they are staying in the business. They're saying, you know, we're, we're going to honor our contracts. We're going to keep going. Um, and, you know, it was it was almost jarring to see their press release of the bankruptcy saying, you know, we're we're well capitalized. We're ready to go. And we're also just, by the way, eliminating eight billion dollars in debt. Um, it's like, I guess, you know, that's that's how you can do th- things these days. It is. And when you have enough, you know, this was not a surprise to anybody. You know, you and I were just waiting to see when 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 this is right. So when you have enough space and I'm not a lawyer and I have, you know, unfortunately, I have been a part of a a bankruptcy with a company I worked at when I was very young. But I did have some exposure to the process Um, when you have enough time and you have cash and you're dealing with something as broad and and strategic and revenue generating as regional sports rights. Um, you have a lot of interested parties, so you had enough time to really go into the bankruptcy with a lot of difficult conversations and people were able to make preparations, talk to your debt holders, and try and figure this out. So um, I wasn't surprised that the bankruptcy filing and the PR around it was very buttoned up. There's still, I think, for a lot of people, this question of what actually happens now. So Diamond is saying they're going to broadcast these games do you think Diamond will be broadcasting its 14 MLB uh, teams when, when the season starts in a couple of weeks? I think they will commence uh, broadcasting of everything. And a, a big part of the of that relationship is the on-air talent that is part of the RSN production facility. Those are paid for by the clubs, not necessarily Bally Sports, a.k.a. Diamond. Um, so there's... It's not all the production is them, but the talent isn't always paid for by Diamond. So there, there isn't a straightforward relationship in terms of the actual delivery of the of the production to the to the user. It's uh, there's some shared uh, costs there amongst the, the 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 parties. Glad you brought in specific clubs there because yeah, there was uh, some reporting um, that I haven't seen backed up yet, but that yeah, I think the Diamondbacks, Reds, Guardians. Or, or yeah, there's some reporting that Diamond's losing money on those teams. They want to cut those relationships off. And the Texas Rangers have are trying to back out of their deal with Diamond. Diamond wants to keep them. Uh, so is this a moment where teams can say, you know, you went bankrupt. This gives us a contractual opportunity to get out of this situation, which has created this whole mess in the first place. Um, and do you think teams should be looking for alternatives here? I think they have to be. I think they have been looking at alternatives because they knew what was going to happen. They didn't know what the end product was going to be diamond, right? So they've they've been – MLB is the one that's really spending a lot of the time and money evaluating all their options and what are are they going to – how are they going to work with the clubs on this because they have a very vested interest in ensuring that there's a healthy and robust ecosystem and revenue for this, especially on the smaller markets. I think at a macro level, baseball is at a really interesting inflection point because there used to be a lot of cohesion historically amongst the ownership. But now you're getting back to, in my opinion, a lot of big market versus small market economics. The big markets like the Yankees who own the Yes Network or the Mets with their network and other things that are going on, like the Los Angeles Dodgers having... Uh, Spectrum Sportsnet paying them a lot of money for a very extended period of time, they're okay on their local rights. They're tied up. They're with healthy companies. 
They have ownership in their, um, in their networks. So they're in a good place. The Pittsburgh Pirates and some of the smaller markets. And when something happens with Diamond or AT&T Sports, now these have real implications on their, their structural finances in terms of meeting payroll and other expenses. So I think there's uh, a big gap between big market clubs in baseball and small market clubs as it relates to these RSN fees. I, re- I think the Pittsburgh Pirates have a $59 million payroll and they get, I feel, 50 to $60 million a year from AT&T Sportsnet. So this li- literally covers their payroll. And if that goes away, they will they will not make back that money this year. Uh, just to wrap us up here, uh, these RSNs also work with the NBA and the NHL. They have about a month left before the playoffs in the regular season, at which point national broadcasts take over. Are they going to make it through that month? That's just, that's just a terrible experience for customers, right? You You don't... You don't do that. I mean, I would just be shocked if the you know you've you've gotten through the whole season and what people are in the playoff hunt or you're just not going to shut that off. That 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 just seems like a completely unreasonable. It's not like there are no, there's no other revenue to cover the last parts of the season, right? I feel like they're they're going to do that and fulfill those seasonal obligations to their partners. I think they've already paid for the for the rights as well, so it's they've already you know that's a that would be a sunk cost. But uh, yes, I do think that. Um, they will they will finish out those seasons. Okay, yeah, yeah. The sunk cost of that, um, I think, is is relevant because if it was another, you know, they still had two hundred million dollars or something for some of these teams, maybe they don't do that at this point. But if it's if they're already paid, I think they're going to do it. And now switching gears back to Diamond, also the Rangers are taking a very proactive, aggressive position. You're bankrupt, or you've declared for bank, you're insolvent, or whatever you may be. We want to get our rights back. We have an opportunity to do it. Let's fight it. That's a negotiation. That has to play out in bankruptcy court, right? That's not going to happen through other things. Maybe there's a settlement. I don't know, but it has to go through the bankruptcy courts. I'm sure that Diamond doesn't want to lose that the that market, the you know the Metroplex Dallas area. Um, you know, everybody's Diamond's getting a lot of the the heat around this about what's their model and how's this all going to work. AT and T Sportsnet, owned by WBD, is telling NBA teams we're out of this business. The NBA has a rights negotiation coming up, a big one. Turner plays a huge role in the NBA, right? It's like you almost, you can associate the NBA with a lot of things, but that TN, that, that Turner production with, with, with Shaq and Barkley and, and, and everybody in studio, that's a huge part of the brand. There's no way the NBA wants to lose Turner, but they're telling a couple teams, listen, I'm out of this business. They're still going to want their money on the. They're still going to want money from WBD when the rights negotiation comes up. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Great to have your expertise on all of this. Thank you so much, John Cohen. Thank you, Owen, and uh, always a big fan of what you guys are doing over at Front Office. So thanks. That's it for today. Send us your thoughts and ideas at today at frontofficesports.com or leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>